You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the RAND Corporation. I'm Evan Banks. And I'm Deanna Lee. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's April 30th. We've stared into the abyss of insurrection and autocracy, pandemic and pain, and we, the people, did not flinch. At the very moment our adversaries were certain we'd pull apart and fail, we came together, we united. With light and hope, we summoned a new strength, new resolve, to position us to win the competition of the 21st century. On our way to a union, more perfect, more prosperous, and more just, as one people, one nation, and one America. You just heard President Biden during his first address to a joint session of Congress on Wednesday night. Images from the evening reflected the nation's ongoing fight against COVID-19. Masks, social distancing, and many fewer people in the House chamber than usual. Biden's speech, however, was jam-packed. He discussed a wide range of significant policy challenges. To develop effective, evidence-based solutions to these problems, policymakers will need to rely on objective and nonpartisan resources. That's why we've rounded up insights from RAND research, analysis, and expertise. Biden urged Americans to get vaccinated now. His message comes as vaccine hesitancy in the U.S. remains an obstacle, even though about 55% of adults have received at least one vaccine dose. Recent RAND research has revealed insights about vaccine hesitancy. For instance, a RAND survey showed that public trust in the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention fell by about 10% from May to October of last year, a critical stretch of the pandemic. Notably, this decline was particularly significant among those who either planned to vote for a candidate other than Biden or did not plan to vote at all in the presidential election. This suggests that Americans' views of the CDC are now strongly politicized. As a result, the Biden administration may be facing an uphill battle as it tries to restore trust in the CDC among some Americans and convince them to get vaccinated. Another recent RAND study explored how to best address vaccine hesitancy among black Americans. For a population that has long faced discrimination, medical mistrust is a rational survival mechanism, said lead author Laura Bogart. That's why messaging that targets black Americans should first acknowledge systemic racism as a justifiable reason for hesitancy, and then provide information about vaccine safety and efficacy. Biden also vowed to take executive action to prevent gun violence and urged congressional action as well. This comes in the wake of a string of high-profile mass shootings this year. RAND's Gun Policy in America initiative is focused on informing the debate about firearms and establishing a shared set of facts to support the development of fair and effective gun policies. Our experts regularly develop new resources as part of this initiative. In fact, just this week we published a new estimate of hospitalizations for firearm injuries in the U.S., nearly 548,000 between 2000 and 2016. We also launched an interactive database that highlights state-level estimates of these hospitalizations. The president dedicated much of the speech to his plans for improving U.S. infrastructure. 
While there are certainly problems with America's roads, bridges, rail lines, and waterways, a 2017 Rand report finds that not everything is broken with transportation and water infrastructure funding and finance. And what's most important is reaching a consensus on priorities, along with targeted spending and policy changes. Lead author of that report, Deborah Notman, warned against quote spreading federal dollars around to fund short-term shovel-ready projects without a sense of national purpose or priority. That will not get the U.S. where it needs to be, she said. President Biden also discussed Afghanistan in his speech on Wednesday night, explaining his plan to withdraw all U.S. combat troops from the country by September 11. Ending this forever war would be a show of American leadership, he said. Biden has also previously said that Afghanistan is no longer as important as it once was, and that the U.S. faces new and graver threats elsewhere. But according to Rand's James Dobbins, there are good reasons to stay in Afghanistan. These include maintaining U.S. credibility, addressing the increased terrorist threat in the region, and the possibility that American troops may have to return to Afghanistan one day under worse conditions. Quote, President Biden's decision to withdraw unconditionally from an ongoing conflict is a decision to lose. The U.S. departure will be seen as a victory for the Taliban and a defeat for the United States. To see our full roundup of insights related to Biden's speech, check out the Rand blog. Both Russia and China have targeted Americans with malign and subversive information campaigns during the COVID-19 pandemic. A new Rand study, part of our Countering Truth Decay initiative, takes a closer look at these campaigns by examining data from social media and other channels from January 2020 to July 2020. The study found that both Russia and China aimed to tarnish America's reputation by making claims about the U.S. pandemic response. Both countries also spread information that falsely accused the U.S. of developing and intentionally spreading the virus. But the two countries used disinformation and propaganda differently. Russia aimed to sow distrust and divide Americans, ultimately seeking to weaken and destabilize the U.S. China, on the other hand, sought to elevate its own image and protect and enhance its international reputation, while at the same time discrediting the U.S. There is still more to learn about these campaigns, and they could have ongoing implications for the fight against COVID-19 and resulting public health outcomes in the U.S. For instance, as vaccine hesitancy remains high. Public health messaging should account for the potential effects that Russian and Chinese messaging might have on vaccination uptake. Outer space used to be dominated by two superpowers, but today there are more than sixty spacefaring nations, and the private space industry is growing rapidly. This increased activity introduces greater risk of extraterrestrial collisions and conflict, but the rules and regulations for responsible space behavior haven't kept up. In a new paper, Rand experts identify some of the key problem areas in space, including space traffic management, mitigating space debris, and safety and security. For example, more reliable systems are needed to address the growing number of objects in space. These systems would help prevent satellites from colliding with one another, or colliding with the steadily growing amount of space debris that's out there. 
The authors identify a few key themes to help guide leaders and policymakers toward addressing such problems, and ultimately developing accepted norms for behavior in space. These themes include focusing on increased communication, engagement, and transparency among all major space players, both nations and private corporations, and concentrating on safety in space before moving to more complicated discussions about security in space. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision making through research and analysis. For more on what we covered this week, check the show notes at rand.org/podcast. We'll see you next week.